Sketch number five of Life and Sayings of Mrs. Partington. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Life and Sayings of Mrs. Partington and Others of the Family by B. P. Schillerbeer. Section five. A point settled. Dr. Digg for whose researches the world can never be grateful enough has been studying out of the genealogy of the great family of co which occupies such a distinguished mercantile position this family is scattered the world over and almost every sign in every city bears the name of one of them as partner he traces their genealogy back to jericho of palestine modern jeremiah co or for shortness jericho whom we find frequently mentioned in ancient books the doctor expresses the belief that the exclusive business habits of the family may be attributed to their jewish extraction moral training moral training said mrs partington is the best after all she had heard someone in the omnibus speaking of moral training and her benevolence gave it into the charge of memory until she got home and memory revolved it and pondered it and reviewed it and fancy construed it to mean something about the military training that was to come off the next day i hope it will be a moral training i'm sure said she for i see the governor is to be there in his new suit and i hope they'll make the revolutions well before him i do admire the military where the soggers and their fancy unicorns look just like a patchwork quilt there wasn't moral trainings in old times when men put enemies into their heads to steal away their hats as mr smooth the schoolmaster used to say your uncle paul had a good deal of military spirit sometimes isaac a k had remained very quiet while she was speaking what upon earth are you doing there isaac cried she the young gentleman readily told her he was painting a horse at the same time displaying an animal nominally of that description done beautifully in blue which he appeared to look on with much satisfaction but what are you painting it with as true as i'm alive you've got your uncle paul's tompion that he used to wear in his cap so long ago and you're using up all my blueing that pompon saved for so many years to be used for such a purpose ah ike ike we fear the old lady will have sad times with thee yet why didst thou yester even secrete the large ball of yarn for thine own purposes which to-morrow she will seek for in vain say why a little truth there's something for all of us to do is the heading of a poem in the papers a subject which seems to have more of truth than poetry in it there are exceptions however to the rule for a very seedy gentleman with a very red nose told us one day that he couldn't get a thing to do the man appeared strong and so did his breath but there are many worthy people who cannot find that proportion of the uh, something for all to do and suppose some philanthropist is doing it for them hairdressing what a queer place this boston is said mrs partington when she first came here from the country i was walking along the street just now and saw on a sign hairdressing something like guano i guess for the hair said i to myself i declare i'm a good mind to look at some 
so i went in and asked a dear pretty young man smelling as sweet as catnip to let me look at some of his hair manure i wanted to be as polite as possible gracious how he stared at me just as if i'd been a hottentot or a wild arad i mean your hair dressing said i oh ah yes said he sit down here in the big chair ma'am scratch perhaps ma'am scratch said i completely dumbfounded you saucy fellow i can do all my own scratching and some of your own too if you say that again scratch indeed and i went right down the stairs she never before had hinted that she stood in need of any hair tonic though everybody knew that she had worn a wig for twenty years mrs partington says that it makes no difference to her if fleur is dear or cheap she always has to pay the same price for half a dollar's worth omnibus riding tis a rainy morning and health considered we think we'll ride the bus heaves in sight and we look anxiously through the dusty windows to see a dense packing of humanity in one long lane that has no turning occupying the inside the driver pulls up as we wave our cane he has been watching us for some distance calculating on the chances of a summons and peering down from his perch through the ticket hole ascertains that there is room for one more there always is we take heart of the announcement and mount the steps while the door swings open to admit us calculated to hold twelve persons beams upon us from the front of the vehicle whether nature in framing the persons bore the bus maker's limit in mind or not it must hold twelve irrespective of size there are but eleven inside and we make the twelfth but where to sit six lean persons occupy one side and five fat ones the other of course our place is with the five and they seem conscious of it they have read the arbitrary inscription and crowd one another and squat their sides to the smallest squeezable limit to admit us and just as the bus starts we fall plump between a very fiery-looking old gentleman and a lady of unromantic years and bilious,ly wicked-looking withal something cracks in the old gentleman's pocket and a growl greets us from him while with half of our person resting upon the lady's carpet-bag we are made sensible of a sharp elbow and the ejaculation oh lord uttered in a tone between a prayer and a reproach of course we have a right there for isn't the coach bound to hold twelve and won't we give one pull for the right before we'll give it up that's a beautiful face opposite a glimpse convinces us of this for we cannot stare at her good manners forbid it there is a glass beneath the driver's seat and here the pretty face in duplicate appears and we gaze upon it unnoted we are now reminded of the presence of the collector of the tickets who touches our shoulder and looks significantly without saying anything he was never known to say anything but twice in his life it is said once to inform a man in the bus that it was cold and again in a confidential whisper to hint that it was unpleasant we struggle to reach the pocket which contains our ticket but the mass that hems us in won't move and in a spasmodic effort to entrap the card three buttons are sacrificed and a bonnet disturbed in its position we laugh at some pleasant allusion of our own about clumsiness but the laugh appears only upon one side and we relapse into silence and look in the glass beneath the driver's seat 
thank heaven the big man here pulls the string and sturdily tramples over quiescent toes in his egress then the lady with the carpet bag pulls vehemently in a vain effort to jerk the driver through and she gets out then another and another until all are gone but us the pretty girl last and we are captain of the ship all the difficulties of our outset merged in the triumphant consciousness that we have room what do we care now about how many the bus will hold we snap our fingers at the insulting rule that would curtail humanity and gaze upon the other inscription that enjoins the pull for the right then pull the string magnificently the coat stops and we descend among the pedestrians not a whit inflated by our momentary exaltation Coriferous meditations golden airs of california said mrs partington as she read in the post an advertisement of some new music such airs i should think would be very replenishing and i wish a draught of them would blow this way what a country that california is murmured she in a half reverie in which golden visions like the sunshine reflections on the kitchen wall from a teacup were dancing through her brain what a queer thing where gold is so plenty they pick it up in quarts in american forks connecticut ones i dare say but spoons i should think would be a good deal better of course it would strange that the miners didn't think of this in the first place many a valuable suggestion of hers has benefited the world though the world was not aware of its indebtedness until she said i always thought so and this coming late she never got the credit for it a k and the oranges i can't conceive said mrs partington standing upon tiptoe and pushing aside the antique washbowl that stood on the front shelf in the old cupboard in the corner and rattling the papers of seeds and the teacups and the plates and looking into the dark corners and feeling in also to be certain when she said she couldn't conceive it was but part of the sentence that she wished to speak the earnestness of her search had suspended the reminder of it can't conceive where those oranges are said she that the young lady sent to me heaven bless them they were so good to lucubrate the throat with when it's dry and hot with the information that comes with a cough it is strange where they have gone if i believed in superhumorous things i should say the spirits had got em but they wouldn't take mine when they could go so easy where they grow and get as many as they want she stopped her search amid the dust and regaled her nose with dust of a more fragrant character what are you doing isaac said she as she saw him forming a star out of an orange upon the closet door and using up a pump-tax the boy pointed to his handiwork and the delight she felt for his genius blinded her eyes to the possibility of how he might have come by the oranges patriotism a young key gentleman convoying a british friend around to view the different objects of attraction in the vicinity of boston brought him to bunker hill they stood looking at the splendid shaft when the yankee said that is the place where warren fell ah replied the englishman evidently not posted up in local historical matters did it hurt him much the native looked at him with the expression of fourteen fourth of july's in his countenance hurt him said he he was killed sir ah he was eh said the stranger still eyeing the monument and computing its height in his own mind layer by layer well i should think he would have been to fall so far 
the native tore his hair but it gave him a good opportunity to enlarge upon the glorious events connected with the hill and the benefits therefore flowing to our somewhat extensive country and he soon talked himself into good humour keep your eyes wide open for the truth let it come down into your mind like the sunlight to illumine all of its dark corners buy the truth and sell it not dull business a long time ago in an old town we wotof there lived a man of humble means there are some poor people there now and in pity for his need he was made sexton of the church of which he was a member the times were dull his salary was low and he found it hard work to make both ends meet he called upon the members of the church but they could not or would not do anything for his relief as a last resort he called upon the minister and told him his troubles and how hard he found it to get along the minister heard his story but instead of relieving his wants or telling him how to do it went to arguing with him about the unreasonableness of his complaint why says he don't you have besides your salary a number of perquisites are you not paid for ringing the bell on the fourth of july and other public celebrations and are you not paid too for your services at funerals when any occur in our society true said the dolores sexton looking up solemnly but i have little hope from this source for confound it none of our society ever die the poor fellow went away sorrowing thinking probably that providence was rather harsh on him in not killing off half the parish that he might have the profit of burying them antiquity in a shower mrs partington attended the dedication of mount hope cemetery in dorchester and got wet with the rain no sheltering umbrella was there to hold its broad surface above her venerable head and the rain all regardless of her august presence poured down relentlessly but we will let her tell the story in her own way the seminary would have been dictated but by an imposition of divine providence the bottles of heaven were uncorked and the rains fell as if another delusion was a-going to destroy the world the lightning biased horridly and everybody was filled with constipation not a shelter to be had i tried to lean over and get my bonnet under a gentleman's umbrella in front of me and the water all ran down into my back like a spout till i was satiated through and through like an old boot cold chills run over me as if i had an ager and oh dear look at that bonnet certainly the faded remnant had wilted the pasteboard that formed the crown had relaxed and shook flabbily as we held it and irreparable decay seemed written upon it never will be fit to be seen again said she and we fancied a tone of deeper sorrow in her words as she looked straight up at the stiff old corporal on the wall whom this antique crape commemorated heaven bless thee mrs partington we thought and felt round of a capacious pocket for a dollar to leave with her but as it usually happens when our benevolence comes on we found none and came away with a paper pinned to our coat-tail by that everlasting ike the national epic i can't see through it said mrs partington with a reflective nod of her head and her eyes earnestly bent upon the keyhole of the closet door as if that were the object she could not see through she had just learned the report of the committee upon the prize poem proposition of mr latham and the loss of five hundred dollars to the musical genius of the country i can't see why somebody couldn't have written an epic poem when there are so many beautiful epicac poets in the country dear me the older i grow and i never shall see fifty-seven again i am convinced that genius isn't thought 
half enough of, and that versatility of talent and great power of versification isn't rewarded as it ought to be. This was said in compliment to Whitesworth, who, it was half suspected, had put in for the prize, and he bowed modestly as he placed his hand in the vicinity of his heart and felt in his vest pocket for a toothpick. Mrs. Partington and the Main Liquor Bill Mrs. Partington was in the gallery of the House of Representatives when the Main Liquor Law was under discussion. The member from Cranberry Centre was very attentive to the old dame and replied to her questions concerning the Main Liquor Law and spoke of various provisions of the bill. Provisions? said the kind old dame, tapping her box gently. I never heard there was any provisions mentioned in the bill, though I dare say there is, for Paul used to say that give old Mr. Tipple a pint of rum, it would be victuals and drink and house rent for a week, and I believe it was so, for only give him rum enough, he'd never ask for bread. I remember too, continued the old lady, raising her voice as she saw Mr. Batkins about to interrupt her. They used always to put rum and tobacco into their provision bills in old times when they went a-fishing. And I suppose this putting provisions into the liquor bill is about the same thing. She looked at Mr. Batkins and smiled, as she saw him looking smilingly at her, and they both smiled at each other. The provisions meant, ma'am, said the member impressively, are provisions of law. Ah, replied the old lady musingly, as she took the third pinch and handed the box to Mr. Batkins. Yes, yes, I've heard of folks being bred to the law for, though a good many of em is more like vegetables. But here the speaker's mallet attracted her attention, and she listened to the reading of part of the liquor bill, watching carefully for the items. Is that the liquor bill? asked she in an incredulous tone of her friend, the member. Is that it? He assured her that it was. Well, continued she as she rose to go, I must say that I never see a bill made out in that way before. Mr. Batkins handed her out, and she remarked to Mr. Verygreen, whom she met on the stairs, that she had come to hear the liquor bill, and they were reading a new chapter, that she had never read in the book of Acts. Take things easy. I never knowed anything gained by being in too much of a hurry, said Mrs. Battington. When me and my dear Paul was married, he was in such a trepidation that he came nigh marrying one of the bridesmaids instead of me by mistake. He was such a queer man, she continued. Why, he joined the fire apartment, and one night in his hurry he put his boots on his hind part of war, and as he ran along, everybody behind him got tripped up. The papers were full of crowners' quests and broken legs and limbs for a week afterwards, and she lapsed into an abstraction on the ups and downs of life carried away with music everybody will remember the organ grinder's little child who was carried around seated upon the instrument his father was tuning his young heart well satisfied with things as they were so he enjoyed his musical throne we regret to say that this babe of tender years was once made the subject of as cruel a joke as was ever seen in print our friend old roger was concerned in it too and with his kind feelings, twas a wonder he could have done it. Philanthropos observed old Roger standing upon the sidewalk, good-humouredly beating time to a lively air performed by the man of the organ, and observing the dexterity with which he could pick up a scent and not lose a note. Sir, said Philanthropos, 
observe the hard fortune of that babe thus chained to such a destiny a child with a soul to save thus risking its safety by breathing continually such abominable airs i know it said old roger in his way i know it and yet the little fellow seems to be entirely carried away with the music philanthropos immediately left him mrs partington in trouble trying the french sea steamer said mrs partington as she read in foreign news an account of trial trips made by the french steamships she has always had a deep interest in the french since mr Lay martin as she calls la mortine has been driven out of the provisional government and the people have got to go back to the frog soup again what can they be going to try them for continued she i never knowed that steamboats could be arranged for murder and such things before though i don't see no reason why they shouldn't seeing so many murders come from their arrangements and i wish they'd try em all before they do the mischief and condemnation will be a warning to em just as it would if you could try all of the murderers and hang em off aforehand and save the lives of their innocent victims isaac she screamed as a snowball struck the window don't throw your snow this way and she rushed out to save her glass alas she was a moment too soon for a snowball struck her cap as she shoot from the door tore it from her head and bore it with its strings hanging down far from her her hair all unconfined danced madly in the wind and mrs partington for a moment looked every which way virtue is of little account unless it be tried nor is patience mrs partington calmly digested her cap on her head and went in influenza i declare i believe i'm going to have the influenza's day said mrs partington tenderly enveloping her nose in her cotton bandana previous to a blast that would have done credit to sam robinson's stage horn in the old time tis a dreadful feeling to have your head as big as a bucket of water and your nose dropping like the eaves and your flesh all creepy with old pimples like a child with the mizzles oh sister's child she that married with the smith had the distemperature so bad that they had to put cockstoppers in his nostrils to keep his brains from running out she was here brought up suddenly with a fit of coughing knitting work was laid by her for the night and she went upstairs with a hot brick for her feet and a little preparation of something hotter for her stomach an answer what do they call them dances the corps de balefort asked mr very green of old roger at the theatre the old fellow was watching them intently from the pocket with a double magnifying opera glass and didn't wish to be disturbed but answered because no live dancers can jump half so high as they can mutton custard as regards this mutton custard said mrs partington as she held up the spoon with which she was stirring the preserves and let the treacle trickle back into the kettle in surreptitious ropiness and stirred it again till the little yellow eyes that bubbled on the top seemed to snap and wink at ike who sat whittling a stick and looking intently at the operation till his mouth watered again mutton custard and she smiled as the idea stole across her mind like the shadows of a cloud in summer over a green meadow full of dandelion blossoms and buttercups some new regimen for sick people i dare say but i hope it'll be better than the custards that widow grudge used to make for the poor 
god bless him with one egg to a quart of milk and sweetened with molasses and thought that heaven itself was too small an emuneration for what she had done but mutton custard tis mutton custard said e k who had read the name to her in the post of the individual when he arrived in boston costa the hungarian well continued she it might have been worse as the girl said when she kissed the young minister by mistake in the dark entry for her cousin betsy a mistake is no haystack isaac isaac silently admitted the truth of the remark as she thrust the stick he had been whittling into the kettle and then made a drawing of the equatorial line across both cheeks in warm molasses mrs partington on the religious test the religious test among politicians exclaimed mrs partington as her opinion was asked on the great question that was then agitating the people of new hampshire and she smiled incredulously as she answered i never heard that they had any religious taste at all nor religious feeling neither for that matter we see that all the politicians they say they that ever had any religion has give it all up there is parson trot who used to compound the gospel up in the old church has come at a politicianer and where is his religious taste now i should like to know and there's lots just like him but dear madam quoth the interrogator blandly i didn't mean taste it was test that i spoke about she inhaled a large thumb and finger full of her favourite before she spoke they testiness said she is quite another thing and none of em ain't no better than they ought to be the inquirer left decidedly impressed with the originality and truth of her remark mrs partington's idea of humour what is your opinion of the humour of hawthorne mrs partington asked a young neighbour that had been reading twice told tales i don't know said she looking at him earnestly but you've got it you better take something to keep it from striking in syrup of buckthorn is good for all sorts of diseases of that kind i don't know about the humour of hawthorn but i guess the buckthorn will be beneficious we eat too much butter and butter is very humorous there was a slight tremor in his voice as he said he would try her remedy and a smile might have been perceived about his mouth next day when she asked him with a solicitous air and tone how his humour was a great curiosity dr dig in a lecture before the spunkville lyceum stated it as an interesting fact and as indicative of the progress of the age that he had in a recent journey among the green mountains discovered a sage cheese we hope the doctor will be induced to give a paper upon the subject to the world cheeses have often been noted for their activity but none of them we believe have ever been distinguished for their profundity mrs partington on extradition extradition of sins said mrs partington as she paused a moment before the bulletin board of the commonwealth during the great excitement i don't see what they want an extradition of sims for when they had so much trouble in getting off the first one here's the commonwealth fourth edition bald and used by in here she raised her umbrella with a menacing air for the noise was strange to her when her good genius stayed her hand the umbrella the old green cotton one descended gently as a snowflake and the kind old lady invested two coppers american currency in last week's paper which the urchin chanced to have on hand irreverent one of our preachers in his sermon spoke of those who do business as travelling along the level plain of life old roger happened to be there and the old fellow reached over to his neighbour and whispered 
may be a plane for some but for myself i have always found it uphill work the neighbor laughed at roger with the back of his head but kept the part grave that was towards the minister End of section five.